Good evening, and welcome to the Dreary Midnight Podcast. My name is Lisa, my pronouns are she, they. My name is Celeste, my pronouns are she, her. And today is a Celeste-led episode. It is. So what are we talking about tonight, Celeste? Tonight we are talking about La Chipacabra. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, let's get into it. Intro music. Intro music. So, Chupacabra. Tell me what you know about the Chupacabra. So, uh, I heard it was a phenomenon starting in, at least starting in the 90s or something, or like that's when it got big. Um, Shout out to the podcast Super Duperstitious, because (laughs) I heard a lot about them. Uh, It's a comedy podcast about the science of the strange, and uh, from what I recall from their episode about it, there was some sort of movie that had come out like six months to a year before like a lot of the sightings. Yeah, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I don't. I I remember the movie exists. I don't remember (laughs) anything about it. Um, That's a big part of it, but but there's some preamble before. So okay, before that. Okay. Um, Do you remember where? Puerto Rico? Yeah. Well, yeah. I did just say yeah. that right <laughs> before off, we started. Off mic, we just said that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's cool, though, that they did a whole episode on that. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Super Superstitious. If we ever get cool enough to do a crossover with them, we should do a crossover with them. But I'd love to do crossover things. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, get us on Super Superstitious's radar, I guess. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, okay. So what are we on? We are... Okay, so... We are talking about the Chupacabra or Chupacabras, as it was first called. So it used to be first be called Chupacabras and then it got shortened. Hmm. Shortened by one letter. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it's not quite haplology, but you know. Also, haplology is the reduction of uh, syllables or repeated syllables in a word over time. England used to be Ingloland, but because... It was used so much, and the interesting thing is, haplology has not happened to itself. Ah, because if because you use it, it yeah. enough, it'll probably turn into haplogy or something <laughs> like that. But haplology, anyway. Fun facts with Lisa. <laughs> Chupacabra. Yes. Is it v or b? Chupacabra. So we will actually get into the name okay. here. Um, Does that mean goat sucker? Yeah, literally. So okay. chupa is sucks uh chupar is to suck in spanish mm-hmm. and um which is hilarious because i was I, I was like oh yeah that that is true because a pacifier is i guess it's called a chupete mm-hmm. but we my family always called it chupon mm. because it's like sucking you know uh, yeah. pacifier yeah, yeah, sucking yeah, yeah, yeah. motion so it's a chupon i'm like oh that makes sense and a cabra is a goat so it literally translates to goat sucker the um. name was actually coined by a radio dj mm-hmm. during the 90s who was like commenting on all these weird happenings that were and i guess it that's why it has such a literal name mm. it's a chupacabra yeah so how did the phenomenon start did someone just see all the goats dying or something well i will tell you the chronological incidents and sightings mm. sort of okay yeah. so i guess what is like the physical description or has it changed over time Yes. Okay. It has. All right. So, so I guess let's go with the chronology then. <laughs> yeah. So first things first, um, before the 90s, in the 70s, mm. in February of 1975, mm-hmm. in, oh, by the way, although technically I'm a native Spanish speaker, I didn't do any like cross research to see how these were pronounced. So I'm going by memory. So sorry yeah. if uh, I mispronounce <laughs> any of these cities. Regionalisms <laughs> are a thing. Yeah. Um, I am Mexican and this is Puerto Rico. So obviously yeah. Yeah. it's different. Um, because like in France, it's called Versailles and I think it's Kentucky or Tennessee. It's Versailles. Versailles. Yeah. So that regionalisms, they exist. I, I love quoting this fine. It's like, how come this is Arkansas, or this is Kansas, and this is not Arkansas. <laughs> in February of 1975, okay, in the Rocha Barrio suburbs of Moca, Puerto Rico, 15 cows, three goats, two geese, and a pig were found dead with puncture marks in their carcasses. Hmm. In a consistent place in the carcass? Like, were they... Is this like a vampire situation where they're all getting bitten on the neck or something, or...? 
Um, this specific one, it didn't say where the puncture wounds were, hmm. but it just said that there were puncture wounds. I'm sure if I did more deep research, it would show yeah. me where the <laughs> puncture wounds were. But surprisingly, the the February the 1975 like incident didn't have as much like consistent reports. I think maybe okay. because it was just kind of like in a newspaper somewhere, yeah. you know, instead yeah. of this was before a ph- this phenomenon was okay. happening. So autopsies showed that blood had been drained from their bodies, and the incident made headlines. And police blamed animal deaths on like stray dogs. Hmm. So this one, because you said the puncture wounds. A cow was found dead with similar marks on its skull. Huh. Yeah. What, like, what, I'm trying to visualize here, what part of the skull? I mean, I'm guessing it's head, right? Well, I mean, that is where the the skull is. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, that's fair. Maybe, but I'm I'm saying, why did they say the skull and not the head? Well, that (laughs) that implies it goes down to the bone. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you can have a little bit... Like, when you're getting a shot, you're not going down to the bone necessarily, you're going down to the skin. But um, if I there's puncture marks... Yeah, but if there's puncture <laughs> marks in the skull, it means, like, it went through, through to, like, the bone. some sort of brain matter, Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but that's why I'm <laughs> asking where it is. Because it's sort of like, maybe it's... You're getting to the mouth. Maybe you're trying to get to the brain. Maybe they don't know how eyes work and try to get to the eyes. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, the eyes... Are well then if it was in the eyes it wouldn't go it wouldn't show because it's just well holes. that's why they might not know how eyes work <laughs> <laughs> it's just, well yeah that's true yeah does that mean that it was strong enough to break their bone i mean if it's in the skull probably probably that's creepy yeah. um so when this cow was found dead um, this is also in the 70s yes this okay. is in 75 okay when this skull was found or uh, when this cow was found the a newspaper called the phenomenon of the animal deaths. Um, they said that it was the work of El Vampiro de Mocha, which you could probably guess. <laughs> the vampire the vampire of Mocha? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, also, it makes sense if there's a bunch of like puncture wounds and shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, right, so they were thinking vampire. Okay. That was the they were thinking. I don't know if they were thinking like human vampire or just like a creature that's vampire esque. Maybe they were calling Twilight before that was a thing. <laughs> and of uh, quote unquote vegetarian vampires. Seventies. Uh, when did like Nosferatu and all that come out? In like the forties? That's because a good question. was that before that was like before vampires were romanticized, right? I mean they started getting romanticized in Dracula in like the nineteenth century. Yeah, uh, although Dracula was still um, described yeah. as, like, terrifying. That's true. So there's Nosferatu, uh, in a very brief Google search, Nosferatu, there's one in 1922, and then Nosferatu the Vampire, with a Y instead of an I, was 1979. Mm. Anyway. So that that's literally just like the autofill from Google. So <laughs> take those with the requisite grains of salt. But yeah. So basically, the newspaper who the people were saying of oh, a vampire. Hmm. Um, from 1992 to 1995, there was just a series of isolated attacks that took place in Puerto Rico. Hmm. Um, so you know, just random livestock or dogs. Yeah. Until. So in March 1995, eight sheep were found dead. Their okay. bodies were completely intact, but their blood had been drained, leaving behind puncture wounds in the chest. Okay. And what kind of creatures were these again? Sheep. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Five months later, in August of 1995, as many as 150 farm animals and pets were killed by a predator around the town of Canovanas. Pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. The animals were said to have been drained of blood through small puncture wounds in the neck. Hmm. And then, in case you're wondering, because you were saying, like, well, how big are the... The wounds were about a diameter, the diameter of a drinking straw and three to four inches in length. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Those are big things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good grief. Good grief indeed. Yeah. It's even like a drinking straw. If you look at like yeah. that's a big 
yeah, circle. Yeah, that, that's pretty big around. Yeah. So, yeah, weird puncture wounds. Um, three to four inches in length, which is a lot, to be honest. Mm. And like I said, this is in Canavanas. Now. Okay. Do you know where on the island Carla Canavanas is? I will look it up. Because I want to see also how, I should have, I'm going to look up also how far it is from um, Mocha. Once again, I hope I'm pronouncing that. Sorry, it's M-O-C-A. Um, so Canovanas, Con- Canovanas is on the right uh, part of the island. It's near San Juan. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's like the western uh, part of the island. Um, yeah, western so, part. You know, not yeah. the right part. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the right part depends uh, entirely on which way you're orienting. Exactly. Um, on the western part of the island near yeah. San Juan. Hey, it's Editing Lisa. I say the word west a lot for the next couple minutes and the past couple of minutes. I forgot how geography works. It's actually on the eastern side. Yeah, San Juan is like a coastal city, it's capital on kind of the northwest side, um, and you can take a highway to like Rio Grande in Cuyo, and Cara Canovanas is like on the highway to the like western beaches. Yes. Yeah. Also, I just looked it up in Moca, and once again, I hope that's pr- how you pronounce it, um, was, is actually on the other side of the island, oh. on the eastern part. Yeah, so, so that's this. like, it's almost situated, like, if you were, Puerto Rico is not, like, completely symmetrical, but somehow if you were able to, like, slice it down the middle and fold it over, it seems like Moca it, is is the same distance from the coast as Canavanas is, just Moca's the east coast and uh, Canavanas is the west coast. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, it's Editing Lisa. Uh, Canavanas is on the east coast. And Mocha is on the West Coast. And, um, yeah, sorry I forgot how compasses work and also geography. Okay, bye. They're about uh, 155 kilometers apart. Cool. So, But now that I have Google Maps up, um, <laughs> it's interesting because it looks like they're both kind of near forests. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Canovanas is still kind of a ways from El Yunque National Forest. And actually, doesn't look like Bosque Etatal de Cuatajarca. Maybe that's just a tourist destination. Never mind. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it seems like it, they're both kind of close to green space. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get... No, August 1975. This is where we get our most detailed description and sighting of what will become La Chupacabra. Okay. So, Canavanas, 1970s. Canavanas, 1990s. 1990s. So, yeah, because yeah. August of 95. Yeah. Said. So, uh, Canavanas, 1995. Yes. Celeste and Lisa were literal babies. Literal children. But they are not in this story. This story features... A woman named Madeline Tolentino. Um, it's August 1995. Madeline Tolentino, at about 4 p.m., is assisting her mother in moving into her house. So mm-hmm. they lived in the same house, but I think her mom was moving in with her. Okay. Okay. Tolentino was inside the house, mm. and she looked out the window, which was... By the way, I'm getting all these details from an interview that she had done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, in like 96. Okay. So... She was inside when she looked out the window, which was wide and faced the front of the house. And she noticed a car was about to park in front of the house. And then she noticed that the driver of the car looked frightened. And Tolentino saw a creature standing on two legs in front of her window. Okay. Okay. So the car, the driver looked frightened because he was looking at this creature. Yeah. The creature, I guess, moved from the car towards the front of her house. Okay. Where there was... The window that she was looking at. Okay. No, I'm staring at this, uh, my apartment window, looking, trying to visualize it a little bit. <laughs> so she's staring and the, she sees the car on the road before she sees the creature walking towards her. Yeah. She saw the car and I guess what she had from the description, she was like, 
oh, I saw this car trying to go in front of the house, and I was making mm. sure he wasn't going to block the driveway. Oh, because the moving van's about yeah. to get there. Yeah. And then she, when she <coughs> saw the car, like, she was looking at the car to make sure it was going to block the driveway, and yeah. she looked into the car, saw the guy was looking scared of something. Yeah. And then I guess she followed the line of sight and saw this creature. Oh, because she was worried about the car, and then she sees the driver, and the driver's like, what the fuck and so she tells the sideline over there or wherever the driver was actually going okay that makes more sense okay for some reason that was my fault for not describing it correctly (laughs) but i had an adhd brain fart when you were starting it and for some reason i had it in my head that like the creature was in between the car and the house and here I am thinking, how does she not see it if it's oh, yeah. in between? <laughs> anyway. So but that's my thing. Anyway. Um the drive of the car looked frightened. She saw the cre she saw a creature and then the mm. creature moved closer towards the glass window. Yeah. So this is Tolentino's description, which is actually extremely detailed, but we'll get into that later um okay so what so, did she describe according to tolentino the creature kept shifting its eyes from side to side and its eyes were dark gray with no whites hmm. these this is a direct quote they were damp and protruding running up to its temples and spread to the sides so think of like a little gray alien you know, oh yeah that's eyes... literally just what i was thinking yeah, yeah. And if my parents are listening, it's that green alien that my dad always puts out for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I saw an alien. No, sorry. I saw a spaceship once with my dad around Halloween. We were in the front yard. Yeah. And we were like looking up at the sky and there were these like um, aircrafts and they were in like a triangle. Wait, you're telling me a literal UFO experience right now? Yeah. Oh, my God. They were, like, in a triangle. I I know I was a kid, and I know at some point I was doing research for, like, something else completely different because I'm just into that stuff. And it mentioned, like, oh, yeah, in the the late 90s, there was a (coughs) UFO sighting thing in, like, California. And I was like, oh, I saw that. Celeste, you're giving away free content. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But it's such a... Because it was the yeah. late 90s. I was a kid and it's such oh, yeah. a foggy memory yeah. that I can't... Like, that's all yeah. I remember. I just remember being in the front yard, oh, looking shit. out. My dad was like, that's weird. I was like, that is weird because I'm like six and I don't know anything. Yeah. All right. Well, next bonus episode with Celeste. I know, right? Anyway. UFO content. Yeah. I've seen another one, but okay. I'll, wait. I'll save that Let's one. Let's not give that one <laughs> yeah, away for seriously. free. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, so... Back to Chupacabra. Yeah. Um, it was about four feet tall, and it was walking like a human on both le- on two legs. Mm. Okay. So it had long arms that were drawn back into what she described as an attack position, and each arm had three long, skinny fingers. Okay. Yeah. I'll show you an illustration of what it looks like after I finish describing it. Okay. Their, its legs were long and skinny with three toes, and she described it as like a goose's foot. Which, like, you know how they have, like, the web in between the toes? Yeah. Yeah. The hair, she said that they had short hair that was, like, close to its body. Okay. And it apparently had been burned by something because, another direct quote, it had some round things on its body and the region seemed ashen as if something had burned it right there. The burn mark revealed pinkish purple skin as Mm. if the top layer had fallen off. So you know how when you get a burn, yeah. it's like pinky? Yeah. So apparently huh. this creature's skin was like pinky purple. Its lower back had what she described as feathers, but flat on its back. And she make, made a note to say that at no point did they rise. That's okay. going to come become relevant later. How far up the back did the feathers go? She said that it was like the neck down to the like lower back. So along the spine that it has one. Okay. Um, the feathers were joined by a reddish copper membrane. Okay. Okay. So that like center piece and a lot of feathers, right? It Yeah. It's like feathers that were joined by a little membrane, but it was like uh, flat on its back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So its nose was two little holes. Its mouth was a slash, and at no point did it open its mouth, so Tolentino never saw any teeth or fangs. Okay. Um, She also said, 
This is so freaking weird. That her curiosity led her to get on all fours and see if it had any genitals. <laughs> she wanted because, to see, like, the entire body, I guess. Because when I see a giant terrifying creature with feathers and uh, weird eyes, the first thing I want to do is see if it has a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently it didn't have any genitals and it was just like that she knows flat. about yeah and she <coughs> she even made a joke to her mom like being like oh how does this thing poop like you know if you <laughs> which okay it's such a weird thing to say when you see a a, a supernatural creature that's uh, not my immediate thought <laughs> yeah number one number two even on humans the uh genitals and the pooping area are generally in different areas yeah but what do i know well actually let's not get into that uh, well not just that but even in humans you can't necessarily see it's there are buttholes you know what i mean yeah like it's obscured yeah. by something but also was she looking for the butthole or was she looking for the dick she said or i i like paraphrase but she yeah. she basically was like how does it defecate does it defecate from its mouth like when it eats or something because it doesn't have anything on the bottom okay by Which percentage is- we're spent at this point almost a quarter of this episode talking about this thing's genitals <laughs> oh so- no i'm so sorry <laughs> okay no, that's, I just want, I needed to point that out because I needed you to see how weird this yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll get into that later. So, not the general thing, but yeah. how weird this description is. Yeah. Um, she said it moved like a robot, slow, as if guided by remote control. Hmm. So, um, at first it didn't seem to notice her, but then it looked at her and she screamed because she was scared. Yeah. Um, and when she screamed, it went running off. Or rather, hopping off as it hopped like a kangaroo. Okay. Yeah. So you know how a kangaroo has like yeah. big long hops? Yeah. I guess it was doing like that yeah. motion. Is it like a bounding or was it like a, I guess kangaroos are kind of a two foot hop. She just said hop like a kangaroo. Okay. She said hop like a kangaroo, but it wasn't a kangaroo. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. It went into the woods. Okay. And apparently, this is, I don't know what's up with this family. Tolentino's mother ran after it. <laughs> because, again, when you see this giant creature moving like a kangaroo with feathers, uh, you you're going to chase it. it. Yeah, you're going to chase it and also look for how it reproduces and poops. <laughs> so, apparently. Uh, official Dreary Midnight Stands, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't go after weird creatures. Yeah. Okay. So there was apparently a boy um, who was also there who had worked with her husband before. Okay. And this boy was like, not that he liked to catch animals, but he was like willing to deal with animals, basically. Okay. Like if there was a stray animal, he would like try to catch it. Yeah. He was the kid in the neighborhood who always, uh, you're like, what's that thing? He's like, oh, I'll go find it. He was yeah. that kid in the neighborhood. So he went and grabbed some gloves um, and like went after the creature. Wait, how? big is this thing because four we, feet apparently okay that changes things in my brain ever so slightly i mean four feet I, is still tall yeah That's it's like still the size tall. of a child i had it in my head that this thing was like six or seven feet tall oh, which no, is no. like what the fuck why are you going after this but if it's uh if it's four feet tall it makes more sense that you think you can chase this thing down exactly okay so um it was about like four feet tall yeah, so the kid went after it, um, and he chased it into the woods. Okay. When the boy tried to catch the creature, it whipped out its feathers, which were actually long spines, which is straight up. Like a porcupine is, or something? Yeah. Okay. So it was like the, you know you know how she said there were feathers that were kind of like laying on its back? Yeah. That when he approached it, it like stood up the spines. Oh, yeah. So it was, think like a... So sort of like an animal predation, uh, predator type of thing. Or, yeah, exactly. Actually, I think that might be a prey move where you like try and make yourself look That's bigger. That's true. Um, but yeah. Interesting contradiction that yeah. I didn't think of. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't know which one it is uh, as super superstitious. The two biologists, can you tell us? <laughs> they don't listen to this episode. Um, and if they do. Never say never. Uh, at Jake and Wyatt, if you listen, at us. <laughs> so. Yeah. Also, apparently, the the spines changed colors. From what As to what? As if it wasn't weird enough. I don't know. Because yeah. originally, it was a copper 
mem like a copperish red. Yeah. I don't know what changed to. Yeah. I, or is it like kind of an iridescent thing or like a multi-chrome? Yeah. Where it's like, well, the light's different, so yeah. it looks different. Yeah. Honestly, that probably makes more sense than just randomly chameleoning. Oh, like a multi-chrome kind of situation? Maybe. Yeah. Frustrating part about this is that we only have anecdotal evidence. Oh, uh, yeah. So as yeah. much as I want to answer so many of these questions, I'm like, I don't know. Literally, we cannot. Yeah, yeah. I literally don't know. Yeah. I, I only have theories. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know, man. Apparently, this boy also pried open its mouth, which means he did catch it at some point. Okay. And when he pried open the mouth, he saw teeth and long fangs. Were they uh, straw-sized and at least three <laughs> inches long? Well, they said that they were very large. So okay. maybe. Maybe. He kept trying to catch it, which that, once again, doesn't make sense because mm. I thought he had already caught it because he was able to pry open its mouth. Yeah. But apparently, he kept trying to catch it and it ran out of the woods and uh, there was a kid on a bicycle who started throwing bottles at it. Okay. <laughs> As one does. I guess so. And Talentino's mother, who was still like chasing after it, was like, catch it. Like, it, there it goes. And then the creature started running faster, which one implies that it understood what she was saying. Okay. But apparently also it started running faster, so fast so that it wasn't, the feet weren't touching the ground. It's like so it was, it was flying. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, it was floating. Okay. I'll link, the feel, I'll, I'll link the full interview below because it goes into way more detail and it goes into a bunch of other stuff that's just weird. Okay. But apparently she says that it had an odor like battery acid, that her husband saw it, or I guess ex-husband, and that she saw it again in January of 1996. Okay. She also said a lot of other people saw it, like, on the island, but were too scared to, like, talk to the press about it. Also, apparently, the mayor... Not apparently. The mayor saw it, and according to this book that you let me borrow, yeah, he held, like, a, basically, like, a hunt for it <laughs> because okay. the people in the town were so scared. Okay. Um, uh, this is reminding me more and more of a 90s creatures movie um or like a monster movie kind of which thing. we will get into okay but not yet okay <laughs> so that was basically a rundown a, a less detailed but still pretty detailed rundown of the night the august 1995 sighting okay so at that point she was just it was just called a creature like she was just calling it a creature mm-hmm. and like i said um the term chupacabra was coined by Radio DJ Silverio Perez in late 1995, mm -hmm. live, while commenting on the then-circulating rumors and tabloid stories about strange attacks on the island. Huh. Okay. So, in March of 1996, um, the Spanish talk show Cristina, so it's basically like the Spanish version of the Oprah Winfrey show, Okay. aired uh, the story about the Chupacabra, and immediately following the show, there was a tremendous amount of alleged sightings across Latin America and into the southern United States, um, including states like Arizona, Texas, and Florida. Okay. So, basically, there had been no real previous sightings other than, uh, but once 1996 came around, suddenly there were many sightings all throughout the Americas. Okay. Because it was aired on Basically, oh, the equivalent this, of the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, the Spanish-speaking Oprah Winfrey show. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, curiously, mm -hmm. when people talked about the Chupacabra in the southwest United States, specifically Texas, the description of the creature changed. Hmm. Yeah. To what? Well, in the early 2000s, people started finding dead bodies of creatures that they deemed as Chupacabras. Okay. These bodies were hairless four-legged creatures with burnt-looking skin. They were sometimes blue. They had tails and protruding fangs, but looked less like a lizard and more like a dog. Okay, so but yes, fangs, no feathers. Whereas the one this first lady saw was yes, feathers, no fangs. She didn't see the fangs, but apparently the boy that caught it saw the fangs. Well, but so protruding fangs. Yeah. So yes feathers no obvious things on this first description and then in the later descriptions it's no feathers yes obvious things yeah okay by the way i forgot to show you the image of what this first chupacabra looked like okay. so i'm gonna 
show you hold on this little sketch huh don't pay attention to this one because we'll get to that later yeah but this is the basically little sketch of yeah the original yeah which i will put in the show notes as well okay so i was picturing the feathers kind of more spread like or like an actual bird type of situation where it's just sort of like it kind of fades out as it gets onto the arms and stuff but it's actually illustrated as like spike that happens to be kind of like share some traits with a feather rather than like actually covered in feathers yeah yeah so here's another image so this is in latin america El Chupac- oh sorry i've been saying it wrong the whole time apparently it's El Chupacabra, which mm. goes against everything that i've been taught about <laughs> okay. gendering words because it ends with an a but it's el oh and oz mas- is feminine and l is masculine yeah maybe it's me i don't know i mean then <laughs> then again sometimes the rule's broken so i guess this is one of its yeah those times so this is figure one in latin america chupacabra is thought to be biped with long spikes down its back so here's a little image here okay okay so um that's gonna be my sleep paralysis demon for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) and then here's this second version a second type of chupacabra in canid form reported mostly in texas since the mid-2000s this animal was found in blanco texas See how it looks like a dog? Yeah. It just looks like a dog. Yeah. It's... What's that one Mexican hairless dog? Yeah, we'll get into that. It looks that. like that, um, but like the size of a regular greyhound. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, once it came into the U.S., people started um, noticing it looked like a dog. So, basically what would happen is farmers and ranchers would find hairless, sickly-looking canines attacking their animals, and these creatures appeared so often that they it kind of, like, shouldered out the Puerto Rican version, mm-hmm. and this became, like, the new chupacabra. So okay. when people thought of chupacabra, they thought of the dog version first, okay. rather than the lizard version. Okay. Were there any other sightings of the dog one or the... Okay. Yeah. So I found some... As I was doing my research, I found um, some sightings. I, I'm air quoting sightings okay. because some of them are inconsistent, but I think they're still interesting. Okay. These were stories that were submitted to, um, I think it was a blog. It was called Paranormal Phenomena. Okay. I say I think, and it was because this I got this from Wayback, you know. Uh, like, the Wayback Machine? Yeah, yeah, Wayback Machine. These are stories that were submitted to Paranormal Phenomena. And these stories took place not just in the southwestern United States, but also all throughout the U.S. Okay. And some of them have varying descriptions. So it could well be that... Like something else completely. Yeah. Yeah. But they were put under like Chupacabra or everybody who submitted a story, their explanation, they think that it was a Chupacabra. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So basically what happened is everyone who thought... Or who's told this story, I guess, attributed it somehow to a chupacabra or just assumed it's chupacabra. Because I feel, but I feel like at a certain point, it's like, it's more likely to be your own regional thing. If, yeah. Because if like, if it's mostly Puerto Rico and the American Southwest, then like, if someone in Maine is seeing this thing, it's probably the main version of... It's like of, the Jersey Devil yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, I'm going to tell two stories right now, just so this episode doesn't run too long. So, we'll tell a couple others on Patreon. Yeah. yeah. Tune into that, because they're fun. Yeah. They're pretty fun, even if they aren't chupacabras. Well, and you'll be the judge of that. If We'll, we'll go over and see. So, I want to... All right. S- I'm excited. Yeah. So, the first story I'm going to tell, apparently, took place in New Jersey. Okay. Hence, Jersey Devil. No. <laughs> I mean, personally, I think it would probably be... I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the Jersey Devil. Anyway, I'm keep going. I'm not either. Although, yeah. isn't it like... Snow- we should do an episode on yeah. that. We'll either that. way. Anyway. So, New Jersey. So, this is submitted by a person that I guess went by the username Scotpunk. Okay. <laughs> which is great. The most aggressively <laughs> 90s username. Yeah. But go on. It was on a golf course in Brigantine in 2000 where Scotpunk and a friend had their sighting. His friend saw the little animal first, moving in the weeds. He yelled at it, and it stood straight up, Scott Punk said. It was about three feet tall with spikes on its back. So, so far consistent with the first version. Yeah. Later that year, 
Another friend was startled by an unknown creature, again at the same golf course. Scott Punk and a few other friends went to investigate. His friend was flashing his light around and he caught two big red eyes. What we saw was crouched, then stood up and ran. We found the footprints in the sand, in the sand traps on the golf course. We know it wasn't a fox. It had two big sharp claws in the front and a very small palm. Hmm. So this version, instead of having three long fingers, yeah. it was like two... Two big ones. Yeah. So that was the first story uh, from New Jersey that was submitted. This second story was from Illinois. Okay. Around 1989, when Tim B. was 15 and living in Naperville, he believes he may have encountered chupacabras. I was at a friend's house, drinking and carrying on. When it became time for me to walk home, my walk was through a large dark field, then over a hill and down, then over railroad tracks, then up a hill again to my home. I reached the tracks, now standing on them. I was paralyzed with what I saw. Looking directly into my eyes, a demon, as I called it, was a quarter of the way up the hill in front of me in some brush about 20 feet from the path I took. It was bald with huge eyes, about three to four feet tall, and the hands having claws. Hmm. I had no, I saw no other features. I was so scared, it took everything I had to just run. I have never run as fast in my life. I ran by him up the hill, never once looking back. So these sightings are from New Jersey and Illinois. Very much not the southwest of Puerto Rico. Exactly. The other sightings that we're going to talk about, uh, the Patreon, two of them are location unknown, but one of them is in Maryland. So not so, too far from where we are. So we aren't safe either. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> anyway, just across the river. Yeah. So, if you want to hear the other sightings... Subscribe to the Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> so, um, now that we've gone over kind of chupacabra sightings and, you know, incidents yeah. in general, we're going to go into the possible explanations and possible debunking. Okay. Yeah. Hit me with it. So, first things first. As mentioned... The first detailed description came from Madeline Tolentino in August 1995. In this incident, she didn't see the creature actually attacking anything, any livestock or anything, and she didn't see fangs. The unnamed boy saw the fangs. Yeah. Right. So there's some holes in Tolentino's story. For example, it was like very suspiciously detailed. So in the interview, she said that there was a glass window and a gate between her and the chupacabra. Okay. But somehow she was able to see it clearly enough that she could tell it didn't have genitals. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Because you have the obvious out of like, well, I couldn't see it because that bit was just behind the gate. And so all I could see was kind of the back and the hands and the, the head kind of thing. Right? But she saw apparently the entire thing from like the head to the toes. Yeah. And it was weird. supremely detailed. Yeah. And like she could see the how many fingers it had. Yeah. She could see where it was looking. She could see the tiny little slits for the nose. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. So, also, in, apparently, in an interview in 2010, Tolentino like dismissed the account of the boy in the story, even though his discovery of the fangs was the missing piece that was able to link the creature to the livestock mutilations. Yeah. Okay. So, That's, like, backtracking yeah. on her own story. Yeah. But the most damning piece of evidence is a film called Species. Okay. This Go is on. the film you alluded to. Yeah. So, Species is a sci-fi horror that features a creature named Sill. Um, and this creature has a spiky back and large wraparound eyes and thin limbs and fingers and no ears or nose. And it's basically a very close description of the chupacabra. So do you remember that picture that I showed you earlier? Yeah, the little illustration. The Ill little illustration. And then there yeah. was a picture next to it. So that yeah. picture next to it is actually a still from the movie. Huh. And I'm going to ask you to compare. Okay, so um, illustration looks like a kind of a smaller sized version of sill which i yeah, guess is the the creature uh, the creature the movie. i guess the main things that are in the movie creature that are not in the 
uh, sighting creature was, um, it does look like it's got five fingers, a uh, little spike on the foot, five toes on the foot. Uh, these are all the, the species, yeah. one, the movie one. Um, and it's the, the movie one's got what looks like a bunch of locks for hair yeah, and like- some sort of con- connection from where on a human would be their right ear to the back of their head. Like yeah. there's something shiny there. I don't know if that's part of it, but it's the broad strokes of the species creature and the creature that this person saw um pretty much broad the same. strokes basically the same yeah yeah so which you could say is coincidence because it has been like sometimes you know the people horror um directors use yeah like inspiration um however species was released in puerto rico on july 7th 1995 a month before the yeah. august incident yeah and tolentino herself said that she watched that movie just weeks before the incident in which she supposedly saw this creature but then if you had just seen the movie wouldn't you think like wait that looks like this doohickey from that thing i just saw yeah so in the interview that i uh referred to and that i'm will link she actually is like, oh yeah, the movie Species, like this creature looks exactly like the Chupacabra. And I thought that was so creepy. Like, I, cause I remember seeing the Chupacabra and being like, that looks just like the creature from the movie. Okay. Yeah. So she's aware and lampshading it. She, basically, she's okay. like, I think lampshading is right. And she's even yeah. saying, like, you should watch the movie. It's basically what it looks like. Um, which leads me and other people. So, like, I think the person who, figured this out he was writing a book about the chupacabra and he had interviewed her and then he had done his research and realized that this movie had come out a month before Mm. um it's not believed that she like maliciously or purposefully created a hoax but more that this image was so ingrained in her memory that when she saw an animal that she was unfamiliar with her mind basically played tricks on her and like put this memory onto this creature filled in the gaps basically basically yeah well because you said the interview was what, like a year later? Yeah, it was in, in uh, 65, 66. 96? 1966, yeah. You just said 66. 1966. I thought the movie came out in the 90s. 1996! 19... <laughs> I'm so sorry. My brain is not. Do you need working. more of the coffee? You know what? Maybe I've had too much coffee. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> sorry. No, you're you're right. Yeah. I'm wrong. Okay. 19, sorry. Uh, so in 96. So if the interview was a year later and these are two kind of moderate sized events in her most recent <laughs> summer, it could well be that her memory has kind of conflated the two, mm-hmm. especially if it was like kind of conflated with like the summer and a thing and my mom was moving in yeah. and all these other things like it could all just kind of get lumped into the same couple of events in your memory rather than like especially if they're happening with a month apart yeah although i will say the i don't think she started getting press for this sighting until 66 but i'm pretty sure she had talked sorry 96 but i'm pretty sure she had talked about it in 95 Okay. Which is how she got the press. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the author, I think his name is Redmane, like something Redmane, Redman or something, didn't believe that she was doing it on purpose, but just that like she was imp- superimposing the image of yeah. the creature from the movie into the creature that she supposedly saw. Yeah. She, it could have been like a monkey or something mm. that she just kind of like got a glimpse of and yeah, yeah. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the best evidence yeah, <laughs> in support yeah. of a chupacabra. Yeah. Um, right. So any other theories? Well, that's basically the main thing for that uh, version. And then a lot, a lot of times it's, it's basically like people will say that they see stuff because they are like confusing their memories with like, oh, you know, this real, this thing that this other person saw, like, I saw that. I think we were talking about that basically with the brown mountain lights. Oh, yeah, where um, you can kind of see the broad strokes of the same kind of thing, even if it's not the same actual thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, there were still livestock deaths and unexplained happenings, and all the people in Puerto, 
Puerto Rico were like freaked out. Mm. So it could be that she was just scrambling for some sort of like, or oh, people were just scrambling for some sort yeah. of explanation. Yeah. So speaking of the livestock deaths, they have been attributed to natural predators like dogs and coyotes. The majority of the corpses of these uh, animal, these livestock, were examined by veterinarians, and they were shown to actually still have some blood remaining in their body. Okay. They weren't completely drained of blood. So is it? This is going to be a bit of a long tangent. But go with me. Um, you know when you have like a water bottle and there's still like you drink almost all the water bottle, but there's still that always that little bit in the very bottom that you can never quite get. Uh-huh. Was it that? type of thing where it's just like you can never physically get all of the blood out type of thing it is so i'm gonna go into this but basically yes and no so the the blood loss was significant but when they did autopsies so the carcasses were still they still showed signs of lividity like okay. when the blood from the animal gathers in the lowest point of the body and begins yeah. to thicken. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, like a water bottle thing. Yeah. Where it's just like the bottom part, uh, which gives the illusion that a body had been had been completely drained of blood, but in reality, the fluids just dried up in an area that isn't readily visible. Oh, so if it's lying on the ground, all the blood's gonna coalesce on the bottom mm-hmm. on the side that's gonna be lying on the ground and then it's gonna, and if you're looking at it from the top exclusively from the top it looks it, like it has no blood yeah but if you were able to pick it up and like roll it over a little bit the bottom half that it was lying on is like gonna be super super bloody potentially yeah. well yeah. but well, also it's gonna have all the blood that's still around but yeah. the blood also thickened oh yeah which made it it wasn't like running blood. okay so it's theory of skeptics that most of the animals that were victims of the attacks did still have blood in their systems, but because their bodies had been found hours after the time of death, the blood had already seeped into the deepest part of the body and thickened. So when farmers, ranchers, and other citizens tested the bodies to see what had caused the death, they likely cut into the body and expect to find some blood, but with the corpse already you know, experiencing lividity, it would have appeared as if all the blood had sucked out of the animal. So, okay. yeah, basically what you were saying. Yeah. When they cut open the body, the blood would have been on the bottom. They wouldn't okay. have been able to see it. Okay. So. But wouldn't at least some vets and people familiar with dead animals know that that might be a possibility? I'm guessing. So here's the thing. In Latin American countries, at least in Mexico, I know uh, you kill the animal and you're pretty... Um, familiar with how the animal looks when you kill it. Mm. There's lots of blood, and oh, in my if it's going straight from being alive, alive to, to being, being dead. dead within five minutes. But if it's been hours, I don't know uh, okay. if they would just leave a body there for hours. Okay, that makes sense. So they might not be as familiar with how yeah. a decomposing decomposing body looks. Yeah. Okay. Rather than oh, cause, a yeah, freshly killed yeah, body. Yeah, because if they're a farmer, especially like you're aiming to get that. To put it out of its misery or make the death quick. Exactly. And a couple of minutes tops, hopefully. Exactly. Um, whereas, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen... <laughs> this is morbid. But back when I was like, I could raise chickens, I was like, would I be able to kill a chicken? I know that in, like, Mexico, at least, they're, they're pretty, like... My dad grew up in a place where you kill your own animal sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I saw... I was, like, looking at videos of, like, how to humanely kill a chicken. And um, first of all, I don't think I would ever be able to kill a chicken. I think I would just let them die naturally. Mm. But second of all, it was it's very quick. It's just yeah. chop the head off. Yeah. Very quick. So, yeah. I think they'd be familiar with that kind of death, but not necessarily. Yeah. They would probably, they would either use up the, they would use up the animal. Yeah. Number um, one. Or they use would bury the an animal. Yeah. They wouldn't necessarily like just let it sit. That makes sense. Because it seems like. Because if now that I'm thinking about it for more than a second, uh, it's like yeah, if you're a farmer, like you're killing the animal because you're gonna need it this week, and you yeah. have to prepare it this afternoon, exactly. or else it's gonna go bad. A lot of these articles mentioned like cattle mutilation, which I think is a very interesting topic, and I don't know if I could make a whole episode on that. And I don't know if it'd be too gory or squicky. Well, but um, cattle mutilation is a thing. So <laughs> that immediately. Uh, conjures to mind something that I'm going to call a, use the morbid term, morbid podcast, of flesh pedestrian. Sorry, Which I know funny. is a very, like, 
funny term, but a synonym for flesh is skin, and a <gasps> synonym for no! pedestrian is walker. We have to do a episode on that, but also I'm scared, too. Yeah, and the reason I'm not putting those words together is because in a lot of the myths, um, and in a lot of like the cultural bound part of it is you don't put say it together. It. You don't say, say the it word. because then... If there's one nearby, it'll have its eyes on you. Isn't it similar to Wendy Boys also, where you're not supposed to say their name? Um, or is that different? That's different because I think Wendigo Egg are, are not necessarily uh, well, they're malicious. Not, they're witches. They are malicious. Oh, no, no. I'm well, Wendigo Egg are uh, the spirits. previous one is the witch. Sorry. Yeah, the I'm flesh traditions are up. the witches. Yeah. <laughs> Wendigo Egg are just uh, spirits. Yes. Um, that was my first episode with Devin. Yes, so I circle back now. and uh, listen to that one if you want to hear more about Wendigoag, which is, <laughs> in fact, the plural term for Wendigo. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the flesh pedestrians are fascinating, but also. I'm terrified to do an episode on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that yeah. kind of energy in my life. Same. <laughs> we already live near the Appalachian. And we, we have to deal with that. Yeah, we live near so much potential garbage anyway. I don't want to invoke anything else that I don't have to. Seriously, I'm still young, okay? <laughs> so, so. Uh, any other theories? Oh, right. So, back to Chupacabras. That's basically the livestock thing taken care of. You know how I said that, like, there are some Chupacabras or instead of Chupacabras that are more canine, experience, mm. canine in appearance? Yeah. Yeah. They're probably dogs <laughs> or that would coyotes. Make <laughs> that would make sense. So you know how, yeah, so there were bodies discovered, bodies of animals discovered um, in the southwestern U.S. And upon examination, none of those corpses were new life forms. They were all common predators like dogs, coyotes, and raccoons. Mm. And these animals probably had a sarcoptic mange. What is sarcoptic mange? I'm glad you asked. Okay. So, Sarcoptus scabicanus. I no, I did not pronounce that right, but you're the one who speaks Latin, so maybe you can help me. I took Greek. <laughs> My husband speaks Latin, but he's not here. Sarcoptus scabii. Sarcoptus scabii canis. Thank okay. you, Lisa. <laughs> Is a type of parasite that causes ah, sarcoptic mange, also known as canine scabies. Okay. So, it's caused by a burrowing mite that digs deep into the skin and causes an allergic reaction. And the symptoms often disfigure the animal to some degree, manifesting itself in crusting and possible skin damage from the attempts of the animal to scratch and bite at the infected skin. So, if you have peeling skin, like from scratching or from burns, yeah. it kind of looks purplish pinkish yeah um, and also the thing that sucks even more about this is that if they are already infected they're more likely to get more mites oh because they're scratching them, at everything else and it, it makes it worse it makes it disfigure further yeah to the extent that the infection can severely disfigure and even transform the appearance of the creature and the end result of this process is so severe that not even the farmers who shot the creatures were able to distinguish them from normal predators that might attack their livestock. Huh. Which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> but also, that's why they're like, it's like a dog, but it doesn't look like a dog because... Well, yeah, but if a dog has scratched its own, like, thing, its own self up so much that it can't do anything else, then... Yeah. Yeah. So, it's probably mange. It's probably animals that have mange. Um, another explanation for the canine chupacabras, hmm. specifically, like I mentioned, like the bluish skin, could be what you said before, the Zolo dog. Okay. Oh, um, is that the one Mexican one? Yeah. Okay. So the Zolo dog, otherwise known as the Mexican hairless dog, I know that it has an actual name. I cannot pronounce it because even though I kind of know Spanish, I do not know the original like indigenous language enough uh, to be yeah. able to pronounce this. <laughs> I'm going to spell it for you. X-O-L-O-I-T-Z-C-U-I-N-T-L-E. Well, it could be a different language. Like, I know that my tribe is the Purepecha tribe, and I think they had a different language than, uh, like, the Aztecs and the Mayans. True, yeah. So I don't even know what original, what um, language this originates from. If anybody knows, chime in in the comments. <laughs> or send an email to podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. It could be the Zolo dog, the Mexican hairless dog. 
Which, if you look at pictures of chupacabras, corpses, and then look at Zolos, they look pretty similar. Like, the head shape is the same, the body yeah. shape is the same. I could be conflating this with a different kind of animal, but aren't Zolos very small? Or no? Um, I could be conflating it with a hairless cat. But. Or Chihuahua, which is also a, a Mexican <laughs> <laughs> native dog. Yeah. Zolo dog. You know what Zolo dogs are? You know Coco? The movie Coco, Pixar movie Coco. I haven't seen it, no. <gasps> you hate my culture. <laughs> I'm, just I'm, sorry. I'm just kidding. Um, they're not exactly like super small. Like here's some pictures. They're not like huge, but they're they're probably like a medium sized dog. Oh yeah. Beagle or lab sized. Yeah. Like between a beagle and a lab. Yeah. yeah. So um I'm really saying Coco because they have a Zolo dog in oh, that. Okay. Okay. And so now we have on the Pixar list for you to watch Brave. Yeah. And Coco. Okay. Okay. So uh Sleepover at my house. We're <laughs> gonna have a Pixar marathon. Um, have you seen Wally? Yes. Okay, good. I'm not a complete heathen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um basically, I think it's either a dog with mange or maybe a Zolo dog with mange or yeah. something. Yeah. Which is hilarious. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because people, there are people who have these animals' corpses on display and they like brag about how they paid like $5,000 for like a section of this, you know, chupacabra or something. Yeah. And I think it's funny to think that people spent thousands of dollars on a dog corpse. Like yeah. they think it's a mythical creature, but it's just an animal. Yeah. You know? Um. <laughs> So, uh, and they have, like, them on display at museums and stuff. I'm uh, (laughs) reminded of um, snake oil and that kind of thing, where it's just, like, it's the next giant thing, or, like, the uh, P.T. Barnum selling, like, a, um, or whoever, someone with that energy selling, like, a mermaid corpse. But it was literally... The mermaid corpse is just the fish and the monkey. Yeah, preserved fish and preserved monkey stitched together together. by a taxidermist or something. Yeah. Um, That is a very broad stroke, so I don't actually know if it's it's a taxidermist, but someone with experience in sewing and also corpses. That's basically the debunking of the chupacabra. It's also, I just, I do want to mention that despite, um, not despite, well, yeah, kind of despite, the 75, the 1975, um, like, livestock thing, there was no actual, like, sightings of the chupacabra prior to 95. So, this thing has only been around for, like, a couple decades. Yeah. And it's wild, though, because, like, did you ever find it? Did they ever find an answer for what the 1975 thing was? Not really. Like, they was just it just vampire like bats natural, going wild, or like predators? Basically, oh. I mean, I think, I think bats was one of the explanations, like large bats. Um, but honestly, I would have to do like a detailed deep dive into like what animals are native to Puerto Rico. Oh yeah, and see like you know cross reference and yeah. see if any of yeah. that. But I will leave you with one piece of evidence of the chupacabra that hasn't been thoroughly explained. Okay, which are the puncture wounds. Yeah. There's still no actual explanation for that, or at least not that I could find. Yeah. So many people still claim that an unknown creature is lurking out there ready to kill unsuspecting livestock. Uh-huh. So who knows? I mean... Who indeed? Is it an alien? Is it just an animal that we don't know about or an animal we do know about? Or someone making something up entirely and conflating it in their own memory? Who knows? <laughs> Let us know uh, what your theory is. Send us an email, drearymidnightpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to uh, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Please uh, do. Please do. I love reading reviews. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, <laughs> I screenshot them and I keep them in my phone. <laughs> and uh, circle back to them when we need a mood boost. Because Serious. it's been great. Apple Podcasts and Spotify are the best places to do that. Also, shout out to the one review uh, that is entitled Love the Detail from May 13th. So I'm sorry we didn't read it out earlier. And it's, We've been busy, man. It's been two yeah, seasons. It's, <laughs> yeah, we're finally... I think the last time recorded was like a day or two before May 13th. Um, so appreciate you. Person with a lot of letters 
slightly randomly pushed together uh, <laughs> who wrote a review called Love the Detail on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you. If you want to follow us on socials, we are on Instagram at Dreary Midnight Pod. Mm-hmm. If you... If you want to hear the other Chupacabra yeah, stories... Follow us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dreary Midnight. Yeah. And with all that said... Stay out. Stay aware of mange and, and alien dick. I guess. <laughs> That's what you're gonna end it on. You're gonna end it on alien dick. I know. <laughs> I was thinking like, you know, don't go chasing strange creatures in the woods yeah, or something. Don't do that either. And also, why are you looking for alien dick? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and With that being said, said, safe travels home on this dreary midnight. Good night. Good night.